Psalm 34. I'm not going to read any of this psalm. But I'm going to preach from it. My text is not in verses 1 through 22. My text is before you even start reading the the psalm. I've never in 29 years used a superscription as a text for a message. This will help you know if you've got the right Bible. I'm not saying anything for or against whatever, but we say this from time to time and we have new people coming all the time. So at 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 Rubyville Community Church, we use the King James Version of the Bible. Now, um, it don't matter if you have other versions, it don't matter what other versions you have if you don't read any of them. (laughs) So, but if you're gonna understand what we preach in this pulpit and what our teachers teach from, then you have to, you know, it's very important you have a King James Version Bible. Okay, so if you have a King James Version and if you got the right King James Version, <laughs> there'll be a superscription because I know some, some even some King James Version are just text only. They don't give extra things. So I hope you have the superscription under the word Psalm 34. Okay. If you have it, raise your hand. If, you, if that's written in your Bible. Okay, good. Here's my text. A Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. That's my text. Here's the title. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I read this week and I think it's so appropriate when you, and there's, this is another reason why we know God is the author of the Bible and what we hold in our hand. He's the author. Uh, he used men and, uh, of God to be the penman, but God and the Holy Spirit are the author of the Bible. We know this is true because if man was responsible, then a lot of the Psalms wouldn't appear. Because, and this is what I read, and it's, it's so appropriate. Sometimes psalms are written on flowers, and sometimes they're written in the fire. I thought that was a great quote, and how that describes very, very accurately the book of Psalms. Sometimes psalms are written on roses, and sometimes they're written in the fire. It includes the good and the bad that people went through. And we know it's the the hymn book of the child of God and the hymn book of God's people. And it's broken down and, and it's not chronological. So please, if you read the book of Psalms and we, I, I try to read a Psalm every day or a proverb every day along with my other reading. And if you read the book of Psalms, make sure you understand it's not chronological. So some things that happened in Psalm 150 may have happened before Psalm 34, okay? So you have, to, you have to understand that and put it in context. But a lot of times we can just take that specific Psalm for that day and it's an encouragement to us just on the surface. But when we start to dig a little deeper, especially this superscription, 
we'll get a better understanding of this psalm as a whole. So again, the superscription, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Now, if you take notes, this is very important because to understand what this superscription means, you have to know what happened and where this story is located. This story is located in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15. Okay, I've got to give you a background and you're all looking at me and staring at me like, where in the world is he going with this? I promise, as most of my sermons do, they're like a lead pencil. They've got a point. Eventually we'll get to it, okay? Just hang with me just for a few moments. But David was running for his life. His father-in-law was trying to kill him. He had just gotten married in 1 Samuel chapter 19. He had, he was, so he was separated from his wife. He was running for his life. He was still the king, anointed king of God, but he was running for his life from Saul. And so to escape, he's trying to, he's trying to get to places where people wouldn't recognize him. And so he runs to this country called Gath. Now right there, your spiritual antenna should go up. Because in 1 Samuel 17, there's another important Bible character that's also from Gath, whose name is Goliath. So he goes back into the enemy's territory, goes back to where, and, and to me this is really, I have no idea why he even went there in the first place. They're gonna know who he is. I mean, just a few chapters earlier, he killed their best fighter as a young boy. And even though it's been a few years since that had happened, they are still gonna remember who David is, right? So he, he's gone back to Gath and, and, and as he was there, he's trying to be, I don't know, trying to be undercover or whatever, but they, I'm paraphrasing here, but they discover who he is and they're like, is not this David? Is not this Saul has slain his thousand? And David is tens of thousands. And so he goes to the king, he's in the king's presence and in, in, in here in the superscription, it says his name is Abimelech. But in 1 Samuel 10, his name is also Achish. Okay, it's the same person, just a different name, different alias. So he's there and he's, he's in trouble. They recognize who he is and no doubt he's about ready to face execution. But he does something very strange. Cause desperate times call for desperate measures. And so what he does, the Bible says that he feigns himself mad. That word feign is just a, a, a fancy word, an old English term, and what it just literally means, it means to pretend. So he pretended, and the word mad of course means insane in the Hebrew. So he pretended to act crazy. Some of us, it don't take much to act that way. Everybody's looking at me. <laughs> so, but he's acting like he's insane. So much, he, the Bible says he started to back up to the door. They call it scrabble to the door. He was, he was just backing himself up. He was, no doubt he was acting insane, acting crazy. And then he let the, the spittle from his mouth get down into his beard. So it was like he was foaming at the mouth. And he was acting, pretending Remember, this is very important you understand it. He wasn't crazy. He was acting like he was crazy. Because desperate times call for desperate measures. And so in order to survive, he had to act crazy 
in order to get out of the presence of the king. And guess what? It worked. Because King Achish said, why in the world are you going to bring a crazy man into my presence? Paraphrasing again, get him out of here. And so he was able to escape death at the country of Gath because he acted crazy. Why? Because desperate times call for desperate measures. Remember, he wasn't crazy, but he was acting like it and it worked. He got off and he was able to survive that terrible circumstance in his life, that terrible challenge in his life. He was able to get away from it and able to survive it because he began to act crazy. Now listen, you say, well, again, what does this have to do with us? Sometimes life brings challenges and desperate times call for desperate measures. Life will make us feel like we've gotta do something crazy to survive. And I wanna tell you the time is now. Now we don't, I'm not saying that we have to act like David and we've gotta, you know, we've gotta start foaming at the mouth. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the principle of the matter. He had to act differently than, the, than what he was because of the situation that he was in. He had to understand that, you know what, if I'm gonna get out of this, I'm gonna have to do something uncomfortable. I'm gonna have to do something out of character. I'm gonna have to do something that maybe I don't normally do to make sure I survive this challenge that I'm facing now. And listen, sometimes uh, God allows us to go through difficult circumstances and it's a test to, to sometimes God will test our faith and he will allow us to go through challenges. Now remember, David is still anointed. He isn't insane. He's just acting like it. And he's facing this terrible battle. Again, let me remind, let's go over this one more time. His father-in-law is ready to kill him. He hadn't even got to see his wife who he just married. He's, he's, got, he's the rightful heir to the throne, but yet he's wanted, he's wanted to, he's basically a wanted man. And now people are going against him. He is the enemy. His life is one of a fugitive, but yet his future says, I'm gonna be a king. He's anointed. He's anointed, but he still faced a challenge. Don't ever think that because you are anointed don't mean you won't face some things, that you won't face some challenges that maybe cause us to do things that we would never do before. Listen, sometimes in order to survive the challenges that God allows us to go through, we've gotta do some desperate things because desperate times call for desperate measures and God was testing David's faith and I got good news for you. He passed the test. Why? Because he said in verse one, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now think about this. He wrote this psalm, not in church, not after a great battle, not after he just had great success or something good happened in his life. No, this is one of the greatest challenges faced staring death in the face. He wrote this psalm, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Those are desperate times that are calling for desperate measures. You say, Brian, what was weird about that? Because he was facing death, because he was facing uncertain circumstances, because he was facing challenges that he had never faced before, but he decided in his own spirit, I'm not gonna let this steal my joy. I'm not gonna let this steal my praise in the face of the challenge, in the face of the enemy. I'm gonna act crazy. It may be a little off, it may be a little peculiar, but desperate times call for desperate measures. I will bless the Lord. And folks, we've been trying to preach to you for, for several months now. We remember, we are proactive in our preaching. We try our best not to be reactive to circumstances. It's not a matter of if you're gonna go through a trial, it's just a matter of when. And just because you're anointed and just because God has blessed us doesn't mean we ain't gonna face a challenge. Some of you are going through some challenges right now and you've gotta determine desperate times, call for desperate measures and you gotta just st stick with it and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. It didn't say good times. It didn't say everything is well, when everything's going good, when we're all healthy and nothing's going on. No, it said at all times. That means the good. That means the bad. We've got to continue to bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. First thing I want you to notice about this, desperate times calls for desperate measures, but it's voluntary if you're gonna praise the Lord. Where do you find that? The first two words, I will. He made the choice. <laughs> I'm gonna bless the Lord. Am I preaching tonight? Well, you're at church, let's act like it, come on. You've got a choice tonight. You can sit there and act like nothing's going on or you can, you can choose to praise the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. I know we're all tired. I know it's been a long day. We've had homecoming revival. There ain't no one more physically tired than our pastor. He's been preaching every night for about three or four weeks, but yet he's still up here blessing the name of Jesus. And listen tonight, folks, we've got to make up in our mind, I choose to bless the Lord. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless if it's good, regardless if it's bad, it don't matter if I've got a dollar or a thousand dollars in the bank, I'm still gonna bless the Lord. He says, I choose, it's voluntary. The word bless in the Hebrew means to kneel, to give an homage. You know what that means? We don't need a reason. I'm gonna preach this whether you agree with me or not. We don't need a reason to praise the Lord. He says, I will bless the Lord. He didn't say, I will bless what he's done for me. I will bless what he's kept from me. No, he said, I will bless the Lord. Why? Because he is just worthy to be praised. It's voluntary. You gotta make a choice. He said, I'm desperate. Remember, he's facing death right in the face. And he starts to act crazy. He says, desperate times calls for desperate measures. I'm facing death square in the face, but I'm gonna rear back and I'm gonna choose to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. God gave us a choice and he gave me a choice and you a choice. And listen, your circumstances can't take your choice away. 
He was determined. He said, I will. I'm not thankful for the challenge. I'm thankful in the challenge. And there's a difference. Why? Because in the challenge, I choose to praise the Lord. I choose to bless the name of the Lord. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? No. Do you know what you're going to face a year from now? No. But I know this. He's never failed me until now. He won't fail me today. And he's not going to fail me tomorrow. So I'm going to choose to bless the Lord. Hallelujah. This weekend, of course, we had several folks, a couple folks that had uh, um, Mary's sister went to be with the Lord. We went to, got to visit her, her, her sisters, at her sister's visitation, got to spend some time with her up there on Friday evening and, and uh, just had a wonderful time talking about the Lord and how good he had been to them. And then I went down here to New Boston and visited another another dear friend that had pastored up in Michigan for 43 years. He was originally from New Boston and Bonza Run and went to Michigan because they need Jesus up there. And uh, that's just a side joke. But anyway, I told him, you're the only, you're the greatest thing to ever come out of Michigan. And I said, really, you're not from Michigan. You're still a Buckeye. You're just going up there on mission work, right? So he, but he passed away. He had to give his church up because he got dementia. And brother Guy, his name is Guy Irvin. Him and his wife Fern never missed a Christian Baptist camp meeting. Erica can testify. She's, he never missed a Christian Baptist camp meeting. Never missed unless he was seriously ill a minister's conference. We had one every quarter. He would drive all the way five hours from Michigan just to make it to a minister's conference with 10 or 15 preachers. And yet we had preachers live five minutes away and never show up. Faithful, faithful. You can always count on him to be there. Got, got dementia the last few, uh, few months. They, would, hey, they had him at home under hospice care. And they say we would just, we'd have to laugh. He'd never lose his sense of humor. He never got angry or that type. He, was, he just didn't know who we were. He said every now and again, though, he would remember his wife. And she, would, she never left his side there at the house. Always wanted, he always wanted her right there. And she would go to the kitchen or something and then she'd come back in. Over the last couple of weeks, she'd find him sitting on the couch by himself just with his hands on his knees. She said, honey, what are you doing? He said, I'm just waiting for someone to come pick me up, take me home. Amen. And she said, honey, you are home. You are home. Let's, let's move you back to the recliner. She said he had to do that two or three times before I finally understood what he was meaning. And when it finally dawned on me, he wasn't talking about his home in Michigan. <laughs> he was just talking about his heavenly home. And said so when it finally dawned on me what he was doing, she said I had to bless the name of the Lord because he may have forgotten me. <laughs> he may have forgotten our family, but he never forgot that Jesus was coming to take him home. Hey, Amen, that was a challenge, but they chose to bless the Lord. Hallelujah, it's voluntary. Remember, I'm not waiting on him to work it out. 
to praise him. I praise him now. I choose to praise him now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's voluntary, but it's also verbal. Because look at what it says. Some of you ain't gonna like this, but just hang on. He says, I will bless the Lord. That's voluntary. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So it's voluntary and it's verbal. He says, the, the, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, if you look that word continually up, of course, we know it means ongoing, but it has a deeper meaning than that. That word continually actually translates daily sacrifice. So it wasn't that every minute, every second of the day, he was praising God. No, but he said, I made my mind up, I choose that every day I'm gonna sacrifice my praise to him. Every day I choose to praise the Lord. You know what he's saying? I don't need a special homecoming revival to praise God. I don't need a special preacher to praise God. I don't need a special singing group to get fired up. I don't need certain circumstances to fire me up. Every day is gonna be special. Why? Because I chose to praise the Lord. When are we going to get through y'all's mind? If you get up and God blesses you with another day, that's reason enough to bless his name. I know when Jubilee time comes, we get fired up and we get, there's just an extra power that comes with it. But have you ever noticed we have Jubilee every time we come? It don't matter if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. That's why churches are dying, because they don't expect nothing when they come on Wednesday. And the preachers don't give them anything when they get there. But bless God, I'm going to choose on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I'm coming, ready to praise God. Hallelujah. It's verbal. He says, every day I'm gonna praise the Lord. Why? Because every day is special. You guys open up your mouth about everything else. So why can't you open your mouth when it comes to God's praising? You all embarrass yourself everywhere else with your mouth. So why don't you get crazy in here for Jesus? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You say, Brian, well, you do that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. When my kids did something in school and my son still does something, I, I, I just, whoa, let's go. Why, well, that's my boy. That's my daughter, I'm proud of him. I wanna, re- I wanna cheer him on. But greater than that, the Lord saved me from hell. And if I, if I want to cheer for him and cheer for my girl, then I got to cheer. Hey, listen, I got to cheer for the Lord whether I cheer for them or not. But how dare I sit up here and act like just. We can't contain the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been good to us. Guess what? I choose to lift my voice and praise the Lord. Why? Because he's been good to me. Hallelujah. I got to hurry up. Give me five minutes, all right? 
It's verbal. It's voluntary. But it's also visible. Verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Now hear me out. Y'all know I love word studies. That's why we're breaking this down. You know what the word boast means? To boast. No, really, it means to shine a light on or to, actually it means to be foolish or to make a show, which is understandable because obviously David was acting like a fool and he was making a show there in front of King Achish. He was acting crazy. Now remember, he wasn't crazy. I keep telling you that because it's a very important point. He wasn't crazy. He was acting crazy. And there is a difference. Because if you're not crazy and you act crazy, that means you're in control of your situation. <laughs> some of this, some of you. What I'm trying to tell you is, just in case you haven't noticed, I ain't crazy. But I act crazy. And if I'm not crazy, but I act crazy, that means I'm in control. And if you, you will know the difference between being crazy and acting crazy. If you are crazy, when you do something, it's out of order. And the spirit won't bear witness. You ever, you ever hear anybody shout or do something in church and you just get that, mm, just, uh, just out of tune, just a little bit. That means it's not of God. That means they're crazy. But if you're not crazy and you act crazy, if you do something a little bit strange or peculiar, and we all go, wow, and there's a, it just strikes a tune in your heart, that means it's of the Lord. And that means you're just showing off. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. That means you're shining a light or you're making a show or you're acting foolish. Why? Not to show me or to show what I've done or anything I've done. No, it's my soul, soul shall make her boast in the Lord. He said the reason I'm acting this way is so I can reflect what Jesus has done for me. He says, I'm showing off the Lord Jesus. He's celebrating the fact and showing with demonstration. It's visible. It's not only vocal, it's visible. I'll do what Cal Ray does. It's not only vocal, thank you. It's visible. Praise God. I know you're not crazy, but if you want to act, there you go. It's visible. Yeah. That's right. Okay. A couple of years ago, see, used to, in the, in the National Football League, you couldn't celebrate a touchdown. 
It was, it was, they'd throw a flag on you for excessive celebration, which I thought was the most stupidest thing in the world. So they allowed it for the last few years. And now they've got special segments just to come up. This is who had the best celebrations this week. You know what they're doing? They're showing off what they've been able to do on a football field. And they're not ashamed about it. And I'm down, they do some pretty stupid things. But we say, oh, that's great, look at that. And yet we get in the house of God and God has provided your every need. He's given you the breath you breathe. He's allowed you to walk in here in a beautiful sanctuary and to be blessed beyond measure and you sit there like nothing's going on. It's time to show off what God has done for us. It's time to brag on Jesus. Not because of us, but because of who he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to his name. It's visible, it's vocal, it's voluntary. But finally, it's vital. It's vital. Look at what he said. He says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. That word humble actually means needy in spirit or depressed in mind. He says, you know what I'm doing? I'm not only doing this for me. I'm doing this because I've got some people that I'm gonna have to lead in the future. I'm gonna be, I've already been anointed king, but one day I'm gonna sit on the throne and they're gonna look to me for direction. They're gonna look to me for answers. And I've gotta determine no matter what I face, I've gotta bless the Lord. And when they see what I've been able to do because of the challenges that God has allowed me to go through and I'm able to praise God, then it'll encourage someone else to praise the Lord. You know what the real miracle about Sunday night service is? God's allowed you to sit beside the very one that's gonna encourage you and lift you up. I can't tell you, we got the best seats in the house up here. There have been times when we've struggled. There have been times when we've gone through bad times and challenges. And we look back and we see you lift your hands. We see you praise God. You know what that does for me? That encourages me because I may be depressed. I may be low in spirit. But hallelujah, your praise is contagious. It's vital. It's vital. Desperate times calls for desperate measures, folks. And we're getting near the end. We're near the end. Jesus is coming. He's coming. And now more than ever, we need to bless the name of the Lord. Why? Because soon and very soon, we're getting out of here. Hallelujah. But up until now, it's been a solo. He said, here's what I'm gonna do. He said, because this isn't just for me, it's for everybody else. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let, come on Bible readers, <laughs> and let us exalt his name together. He says, it's been a solo up until now, but now I want you to join in on the course with me. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why is that important? Because that tells us that yes, sometimes we're gonna go through challenges, not only individually, but collectively. And hey, guess what we're gonna do? As your pastors, we're gonna do our best to praise God through it. And we're gonna show you by example that no matter what you face, we gotta do it together. And guess what? When the trumpet sounds, hey, oh, I can hear him tune it up right now. When the trumpet sounds, guess what? We get to go to heaven together and enjoy the presence of the Lord. Glory to his name. So desperate times call for desperate measures. It's time for us, regardless of what we're facing, to bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. And if you need him tonight, my, if, the way, if you're facing some things you never thought you'd ever face, I promise you the best way to get through those trials and circumstances, just praise your way through it. <laughs>